Hello and welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Chip Thompson and I'm joined as always by MC. That would be me. And this is episode 19 of season 4 of Tamara Gason, A Friend in Need, dot dot dot, part 1. I feel like because it says dot 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 afterwards, you we have, have to, to add it. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Not sure why I put that in the uh, title. To make it more mysterious. <laughs> what? How could I possibly make this show more mysterious? <laughs> what happened last week, MC? Uh, MC finally partly came clean and told the gang about Amy's angelic heritage Ooh. or nature or whatever. Um, <laughs> we don't know. But don't worry, he ended it. He, he didn't say it, but there was a. Uh, um, we did find out that he still hates everyone and everything, <laughs> and himself and. Sees no point in life. Um, so don't Merry worry, not too Christmas. much has changed. Um, Gav is probably okay with his neck wound. I don't know if it's ever explicitly said. Well, we had the whole theory that he was going to go very wryly. Yeah. And whether or not that actually happens oh, yeah. or not, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll not. find out. Um, and also, Jay has been sent off on a secret mission. He has indeed to find a MacGuffin in New York. Yeah, and that's and how we who found him. do we know who is in New York? Well, we saw him turn up in Chip MC, because mm. if you remember on the way these go out, mm. it would have already happened. Cool. <laughs> We're not recording ahead of time or anything. <laughs> They're live. <laughs> Every time you listen to them, we are performing this live. <laughs> Even when you repeat them, exactly. we quickly get back into character. <laughs> and who do we think the friend in need is going to be? Uh, Frasier. <laughs> no, wait, here's Chicago. Friends, Ross Geller. This is in London. <laughs> We're doing tomorrow, Gason. <laughs> he said New York. No, I didn't. Friend. <laughs> I said, who was the friend in it? Oh. oh, my God. Okay, yeah, definitely Frasier then. Yeah, Kelsey Graham's going to show up <laughs> live. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's find out, MC, as we get into A Friend in Need, dot, 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 part one. Previously on Tamora Gason. The sign painter had finished, and as he stepped back, he revealed the new name on the bed and breakfast's wall. The Tokyo Memorial Bed and Breakfast. As he walked away, a figure walked past the sign. Oh, get your soul, foolish being. <laughs> With one more slam, the ninja released his grip and took out the piece of blade that had once been his sword. As he went to finish Tanis off and end the long-running war with the December form, the last Romanian member suddenly set off an explosion from underneath him, knocking MC back. Quickly getting back to his feet, MC saw Tanis on the other side of the roof, saying a magic word <laughs> and opening up what looked like some form of portal. He looked towards MC. This isn't over, Ninja. You'll pay for this with your daughter's life. Inca, MC said knowingly. You know my name. How sweet. Of course I know you. She walked around MC, studying him. Look, little Miss Inca, if you know why I'm here, can we just get on with it? You wish for your daughter to be protected from someone that lurks in the shadows of another world. Something like that. MC was beginning to lose his patience. There is an item of great worth that possesses the power to protect a life from magical forces. I know its location and how to use correctly and you can find all that here. Did I mention there was a price? She smiled. What is it? I want you to take those big strong ninja arms of yours, wrap them around my throat and squeeze until my body goes limp. Louise lagged behind a little, still shocked. She looked down at Amy. She looked like just an ordinary baby, despite the fact she had been surrounded by mystery, death and chaos in her short life so far. Louise wasn't sure what had just happened. 
All she knew is that the reason she was still alive was because of some brilliant light that had come from Amy, stopping the guard's bullet in mid-air and slamming the guard against the wall. What are you? The rain was beating hard on the window pane of the Tokyo Memorial bed and breakfast. <laughs> it started all like <laughs> broody. <laughs> but then you bring in the name and it just <sighs> all goes downhill. Just kind of ruins everything, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It makes a shit show shitter. The rain was beating hard on the window pane of the Tokyo Memorial bed and breakfast. MC stood by the window in the meeting room and looked out onto the cold London day. Everything looked grey. The trees were devoid of their leaves that made them green in the summer and multicoloured in the autumn. People walking past held their dark raincoats close to their body to shield themselves from the rain and kept their umbrellas high in the air, hiding their wet and miserable faces. (laughs) This is a happy opening, isn't it? (laughs) Did Walt Disney write this? (laughs) At least there aren't any nightclubs. Oh my God, please no. Even as MC looked at the window and noticed his reflection, his normally bright ginger-coloured hair looked damp and limp. <laughs> Hasn't been... washed it. <laughs> You're well known for your ginger afro, so... <laughs> I like that he's having this real sort of like noir broody moment. He's like, mm. oh, my hair needs conditioning. <laughs> it's got no life. Oh, I need some dry shampoo, maybe. <laughs> Gotta pick up some Timote. <laughs> MC pulled himself away from the window quickly before the morbid depression set in any further. A little bit late. Oh boy, I've got a real like not in my gut reading this episode. <laughs> he almost didn't hear Louise and Gav walk into the meeting room and take their seats at the large table in the centre of the room. Glad you can make. <laughs> Sorry. Glad you can make. <laughs> we got some little arts and craft table. <laughs> Gav's done a macaroni picture. <laughs> Glad you can make. MC said without a hint of sarcasm or satisfaction. Which are normally the only two <laughs> modes of speech that he has. Can you do those like that line again, but once in a sarcastic way and sa- once in a satisfied way? Glad you can make. And then satisfied. Um, like an M&S advert. Glad you can make. Oh, keeping that. <laughs> Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm going to make all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make this pasta picture and say, don't worry. I don't know why that's the only form of art I can think of. <laughs> it's the one you have the most experience with. I mean, he's not writing, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're reading this, yeah. He sat in the chair at the head of the table, symbolising him as the leader of the group. Oh, God, it seems so fucking penis measuring, doesn't it? I'm at the head of the table because I'm important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, MC's allowed to use the adult glue. Gav has to use the child-friendly one. <laughs> Gav, did you eat it again? <laughs> I'm so sorry. He sat in the chair at the head of the table, symbolising him as the leader of the group. Not that it was much of a group at the moment, more of a disbanded trio. And that wasn't counting Amy, who was propped up in a high chair close to MC's seat. The baby angel seemed to study her dad as he sat down slowly and let out a deep breath. She's just thinking, I'm going to need so much therapy. (laughs) Do you think instead of, you know, you get like um, daddy's little angel Mm. shirts or whatever for babies to wear. This is like daddy's greatest burden or (laughs) daddy's least favourite daughter. (laughs) I killed my mum. God, Jesus. At least that's what my dad told me. The baby angel seemed to study her dad as he sat down slowly and let out a deep breath. 
She even went as far to give a bright gurgle as MC pulled out a notepad and pen and laid them in front of him on the table. Louise and Gav remained silent, waiting for MC to speak. Louise had long ago established MC in her mind as the leader. He was the strongest of the gang since Chip had exited. Because he was totally like the uh, strongest before that, so, you know, is, is it by default it's MC now, you know? I just like how Louise had this sort of wolf pack mentality <laughs> of whoever is strongest gets to be leader. I mean, they do fight all the evil. Yeah, but does it make uh, them the best at making decisions? Because MC hasn't been super great at that. Yeah. Or Chip, for that matter. Yeah, considering their mental well-being, they're probably not great choices. Like Louise would have been the better decision well, maker. She's a woman, MC. She can't be a leader. <laughs> <laughs> I understood <laughs> Buffy. <laughs> She was very busy making the tea and making sure there's low-fat butter and and sugar and doing the secretary work. <laughs> Louise had long ago established MC in her mind as the leader. He was the strongest of the gang since Chip had exited. And even before that, in the many times they'd fought against the minions of the underworld and saved this life from complete destruction, MC has always been the one calling the shots, concocting the plans, making the hard decisions and suffering alone. He was the only one out of them who suffered, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Walk in the park for the others. <laughs> I like how that's a trope for a really good leader as well, suffering alone. That's <laughs> <laughs> what Churchill did during the war. He just he went into a little room and he just like, oh, I'm suffering so much. <laughs> Although Louise would never agree with the latter trademark of their leader, she allowed it to continue if it meant the illusion that everything was okay was allowed to continue. There's a lot of... Illusions. I don't think she should be the leader if that's her attitude no. towards things. None of them should be a leader. They should just all go away. You should get Terry in charge. <gasps> Terry, yes. He, yeah. He's run a pub. He's run a pub. He knows what to do. Ninjas are like beer. Yeah. It's exactly the same. He can you can know? already manage people, yeah, solve problems. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then the minions of the underworld are just like a drunk on a Friday night. Exactly. <sighs> Gav, on the other hand, had always questioned MC's leadership. For some reason. <laughs> he didn't like to be told what to do. He had been the leader of his own demon-hunting crew before they had been killed, fighting the good fight. Even when he was an understudy of an expert freelance monster killer... <laughs> That's what he said on his business card. <laughs> that was on his LinkedIn. <laughs> Even when he was an understudy of an expert freelance monster killer, Gav always liked to use his initiative to take the tasks he was given by the chains and yank them in whatever way he saw as getting the job done in the most appropriate manner. He didn't like MC's way of doing things. It was harsh and without rational or emotional thought. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe Gav dick. should be the leader. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I'm voting for Gav. I don't know about you. <laughs> they had clashed before, and Gav had no doubt they would clash again. If it weren't for the woman he loved, He'd leave and form his own organisation again, maybe even go solo. Gav wasn't complaining though. As long as he got to be with Louise and make a difference in the world, helping the people that needed it the most, he couldn't wear too much of a frown. <laughs> Gav seems the most well-balanced at the moment. Yeah, I go, it's not hard. <laughs> no, no, that's true. Yeah, that is... Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Terry phoned with some intel about a nest of vampires holding up inside a huge abandoned factory not far from Victoria Station. It's a factory that makes abandon. <laughs> abandoned factory. Oh, we're back to the abandoned buildings. Yeah. It, but in London, they don't have warehouses, they have abandoned factories. It's not abandoned, it's oh, abandoned. Yeah. Abandoned factory. It's a factory that makes abandons. <laughs> it's a factory that abandons other factories. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Terry there with the exposition as well. As always. How does a pub landlord... No, fuck it, who cares? 
this is let's just channel the attitude that you had when writing this <laughs> well fuck it who cares yeah, yeah. like yeah. It, uh, this is a vampire who tells him Terry sure well he's he's a wizard he must have connections and that's yeah. about as much as you're gonna get I'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> okay Terry phoned with some intel about a nest of vampires holding up inside a huge abandoned factory not far from Victoria Station. MC said, looking down at his notepad. Why do you have to write that down? Can he remember that? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I know you're like, depressed, dude. Was it but... Waterloo? Or... <laughs> How did he find out about this? Louise asked with interest. All right, so I'm back on the side of Louise. Maybe Louise should be mm-hmm, the leader because mm-hmm. she's like, he's a fucking pub landlord. How does he know? <laughs> One of his wizard friends passed on the message. See, told you, because he's a wizard. Oh, and Terry managed to get rid of the big nuclear bomb <laughs> sitting on top of the December Forms headquarters. Uh, oh, yeah. Convenient. Uh, do you know what, though? I'm glad we've come back to that. Yeah. Because when we left it, it was just a big nuclear bomb on top of a building. It sure was. And Terry was just like, don't worry, mate. I've got a bloke who can look after that. Don't worry. <laughs> he runs a scrapyard. Normally does. <laughs> Did a lovely job in my Ford Cortina. This is a building that's got multiple dead bodies in it as well. So I'm really glad we're hopefully semi-addressing this. Let's find out. One of his wizard friends passed on the message. Oh, and Terry managed to get rid of the big nuclear bomb sitting on top of the December Forms headquarters. How did he manage that? Louise asked again. Yes, Louise. Voting for you, leader. Louise, yes. (laughs) I didn't ask. MC replied as if he'd been caught off guard. Wizard friends again would be my my (laughs) guess. Oh, come on. Teenage chip, just try. Just put a bit of effort into it. It's not that hard. Fuck's sake. Anyway, I'm going to go take out this nest of vans before the sun goes down. What's up, back up? Gav had been very quiet up until this point. Not that I want to get bitten again. <laughs> I'm not into it or anything. Why don't you just throw me into the pit and I'll, look, I'll do it, don't worry. Nah, I'm fine. Anything else? Louise was seemingly forcing the cheeriness, feeling the damp atmosphere within the room. I think that's it. Just keep the guests happy and keep an eye on Amy for me. Sure thing. Whatever you need. Louise smiled. Everyone got up. The sound of chair legs scraping against the floor filled the room. That soon drowned out, however, as they went to leave the room silently. That soon drowned out, however, as they went to leave the room the silently. The sound was drowned out by silence. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, do I mean they just finished putting their chairs so there was no sound? Yes. Oh, I was not a good writer. <laughs> That silence was suddenly broken by a damp and wet figure bursting through the doors, his momentum nearly causing him to fall to the floor. Jay! Louise proclaimed. Alright, so this is going to be confusing then. Yeah. So, when I wrote this back in the day, Mm. do you know how like now when we upload the podcast, it's Mm. like every Monday, Thursday, apart from the weeks when I forget to do it on those days and it's Tuesday, Friday. (laughs) So we have part one of Chip, part one of Tom Rogason, then Mm. part two, part two. Mm. So, (laughs) in the timeline currently... Uh, we've just had part one of Chip, yeah. where Jay is in New York, but because this whole episode was meant to follow part one and two of Chip, right? So it's going to be it's going to be a bit confusing, guys. So I hope people can keep up with this twisting, turning. I just realised that probably means there's going to be spoilers. Should we change Chip. the uploads, schedule? Yeah. So okay. No to future Chip. <laughs> just ignore all of this then, because I'm going to do Chip part one and part two for one week, and then this. Right, cool. cool. All right, back to your regular scheduled program. <laughs> Please hold technical difficulties. We've been doing this for years. Have we not worked it out yet? Jay! Louise proclaimed. The soaked figure of their friend was breathing heavily. He was carrying a small suitcase in either hand and his glasses were steamed up. 
dropping the bags, Jay reached into his jacket pocket and fished something out. I got it! MC rushed over to him and reached out for the item, but hesitated, retracting his hand. Are you sure that's it? Dead sure! This is the armour of Fern! Fought nearly a thousand years ago by a great wizard who shall remain nameless so as not to alert his enemies in the next life! Also... Okay, Jay, I, I don't want the blurb. Just reassure me one last time that this is the genuine article. Hey, remember this got cursed? I sure do. <laughs> oh no, is this going to be a whole thing where Jay is forced out of the group because oh. he kills MC's baby? Oh no, MC would be like, well, you know, Jay. <laughs> You're the new wa- leader. <laughs> water under the bridge. Everyone makes mistakes. You tried. It's fine. Oh no. Yeah, of course, because in um, Chip, mm. uh, Jay found this McGovern that was given to him by the mysterious Grant Maloney, mm. who we believe to be a bad antique shop owner. <laughs> and he mentioned that the armour of Fern, <laughs> I forgot all the bollocks about how it was forged a thousand years ago, and yeah. was impenetrable apart from the fact that they put a fucking curse on it. But I digress, here we are, I got angry about that the last episode, so. <laughs> MC, do you really think I'd risk Amy's life? I found some experts out there, and we managed to track it down. Well, I did most of it, they helped. <laughs> to be fair, they didn't do anything we already established that if jay had just not if he hadn't met them at all nothing would have changed it was all coincidence yeah yeah that's all it was like because wasn't it the whole fact that they did a whole thing then jay was just in his hotel room being sad and then grant maloney's uh shop assistant clerk phoned him was like oh we got it by the way yeah and he was like great yeah <laughs> and that was it yeah. yeah that whole episode was completely pointless i bet you really enjoyed wasting your hours of live listening to that <laughs> shit didn't you mc do you really think I'd risk Amy's life? I found some experts out there and we managed to track it down. Well, I did most of it. They helped. Jay scoffed slightly. Glad you made it back safely, Jay. Louise smiled. Looks like you did good work. What does it come with instructions? Gav asked. Jay unwrapped the item he held in his hands and revealed an object which looked very much like a large bracelet. It would smother any normal-sized man's wrist. It had many different joints that made it look like it could be shaped and moulded in a variety of different positions. The surface was covered in symbols and dust. I quite like. I do quite like the crossover idea, though. Like it's mm. you know because both these shows kind of exist in the same universe, and mm-hmm. it is kind of nice just to have that crossover element to things. Yeah. Um. It's interesting that Jay didn't mention Chip, and is he doing that purely because he wants to take the credit for himself, or is he wary of mentioning Chip's name to the gang? I I reckon it's because he's wary of mentioning Chip's name. There's so much baggage there. Mm, yeah. You know, maybe he just thought it was simpler just to not mention it. That's fair. And maybe MC wouldn't trust it as much if he knew Chip yeah, had helped. Yeah. I mean, it's cursed anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but Could have wiped a cloth over it, Gav said. All the gang were no standing around Jay's outstretched hands observing the object. I did try to clean it, but that's thousand-year-old dust there. The armour of fern, MC repeated. Yes. Jay smiled. And no, Gav, there are no instructions. I'm guessing we just clip it on and see what happens. What do you think, MC? Do you want to give it a try now? Louise asked. The ninja's eyes were fixed on the amulet. He studied it hard, his head both full of thoughts and void at the same time. No. He finally answered. This is a mystical element that we're not sure how to use. Let's get Terry in on this. Then we'll see about using it. <laughs> Terry will call up his wizard friends and they'll be uh, like, <laughs> who gave you this amulet of third? It's bloody cursed. 
bloody cowboy did this. <laughs> Look, Terry, I've already got rid of a bomb on a roof and told you about those vampires. I mean, you can't keep calling me, mate. Like, I've got work. I work nine to five. I've got wife and kids. I'll give him a call. Louise walked out of the room, Gav following closely behind, taking her by the hand. Reckon we should put Terry on the payroll? He said to her. Back in the room, MC congratulated Jay on a job well done. Good work, Jay. I owe you a big thank you. The pair shook hands. They didn't hug. <laughs> MC was like, that's all the physical contact you're getting from me for a year. Immediately retracted his hand and wiped it on his shirt. <laughs> I've got to head out now. Take care of some vamps. But as soon as I get back, we're going to look into using this amulet. MC vacated the room quickly, filled with a strange form of energy that had suddenly risen up. Rising up? It's probably like the oxytocin from actually having physical <laughs> contact with another human being. Well, that's how we all feel in 2020. <laughs> yeah. It made him feel dizzy as he exited the bed and breakfast. Just ten minutes ago, MC had felt lifeless and sparkless. Now, he had a new sense of purpose. Gonna give this cursed amulet to my hated baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, what, what is, is this? What is this newfound confidence MC has is it just happy that he might be able to protect Amy I think so I mean he there's the whole thing with Amy like it, inherently she reminds him of Tifa mm. and he just associates her Amy with Tifa's death yeah. so that's not great but he still feels this duty to protect her but it is duty and not a fatherly love I, I kind sure. of just expect him to be like cool she's safe now great and then just be completely disconnected from it again I guess though for MC I think duty is probably one of those things that comes before everything else mm. so it's like the most important thing for him do you think mm. that as he kind of sees Tifa within Amy mm. the idea of keeping Amy alive in almost like a tribute mm, to Tifa maybe so it's like he's done something for Tifa rather than Amy yeah maybe 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 we'll just read too much into this. Yeah. <laughs> Since there were no doors or windows to the abandoned factory... No doors or windows. <laughs> no doors or windows. <laughs> Do you tunnel in? <laughs> Do you go in through the chimney like Santa Claus? <laughs> Do you have to teleport inside? Do you get a wizard, a friendly <laughs> pub landlord wizard, to teleport you inside? <laughs> Maybe I mean there's just like big holes where windows and doors used to be or something. No. <laughs> it's just like a brick shell with no entrances or exits. Just a bunch of vampires inside going like, okay, it's defensible, but <laughs> maybe we didn't think this through. Oh, I mean, we at least we know now why it was abandoned. <laughs> he tried to get all the products out and they were like, Oh, shit. <laughs> Factory workers, like, I'm not working with that architect again. <laughs> oh, no. Since there were no doors or windows to the abandoned factory, the element of surprise was gone. <laughs> had to knock a hole in the wall to get in. <laughs> with the vampire's great hearing and smell, MC knew they'd pick up his approach from a mile off. Is it ninja hearing and ninja smell? <laughs> no, vampire hearing and vampire Ooh. smell. He could play it as a hapless stranger, lost in the descalate. De-escalate? De- <laughs> de- de- yeah. De-escalate. De-escalate. Lost in the de-escalate part of London. De-escalate. <laughs> oh, mate, you don't want to go to that part of London. It's always just fucking de-escalate. De-escalate there, mate. Uh, oh, this paragraph's tough to get through. Uh-huh. 
He could play it as a hapless stranger, lost in the de-escalate part of London, due to the dismantled in time for the Olympic Games to show, or rather hide the fact that London is haunted by scum so bad it make Charles Manson himself shriek in terror. Oh, I, that feels like an old school... I feel like an old school interrogation sentence. Yeah, it really like does. Like really bad and yeah. confusing and too long and bad. Oh, good, I'm regressed. Happy yeah, days. Good. <laughs> Hiding his body language, MC could quite easily be stalked by the vampires, bringing them into a false sense of security and them pounce on them the moment they attacked, turning them to dust before they noticed his long flowing hair in the wind. <laughs> and they're like, watch out, it's Fabio. <laughs> Nobody's hair is all lifeless. And flat, oh. Maybe he washed it before he went oh, out. Okay, yeah. He washed it with garlic shampoo. No, yeah, it's garlic shampoo <laughs> to protect himself. But all that stealth crap was for another day. <laughs> I like that we discussed MC's tactics and then we're just like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, to, it's to imply that he's like in a hurry or like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's just a shame we had to read that paragraph just to get to this. <laughs> but all that stealth crap was for another day. MC marched straight into the factory, kicking in the old busted door. Hang on. Hang on. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh? You established that this is one of those very famous factories without doors or windows. (laughs) Really popular back in the Victorian era. And now there's an old busted door. Doesn't make sense. This is the worst writing you've ever done. Did he bring a busted door, put it up against the wall of the factory and then kick that in? That's what happened. That must be, yeah. Good, good, good. MC marched straight into the factory, kicking in the old busted door, and walked forward, straight into the pit of four undead vampires. Are undead vampires different to normal I vampires? I was going to say, do you need to specify? <laughs> four very alive vampires. <laughs> there's undead, there's alive, and there's dead. <laughs> they were prepared for his arrival in the sense that they knew the ninja was approaching, yet they still taken back by the fact this one solo man had walked straight into their lair. They looked at MC who continued to pace towards them and then they looked at the long pointy wooden stake in his hand. Vampires weren't used to being intimidated. Perhaps if they'd been the vampires that had lived for centuries, old vampires who lived in the Anne Rice stereotype... Wait, hang on, I've got to start this sentence again. Perhaps if they had been the vampires that lived for centuries... Old vampires who lived the Anne Rice stereotypical high life, who had learnt the secrets of immortality and how to use them to their advantage, they wouldn't have been worried about this human walking straight up to them with a stake, for they would know of such vampire hunters with nothing to lose. That's quite a long sentence, isn't it? Oh my god, dying. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yes, it's a bit long, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit long. (laughs) Just dropping Anne Rice in there as well, great. In fact... MC had everything to lose. The only reason he was being so bold was to get this over with as quickly as possible and head back home to use this amulet Jay had brought back from America. You're right. The first vampire lunged forward, snarling. Landing on his feet right beside MC, it went for an intimidating growl, but didn't have time to finish it as MC pushed the right end of the stake towards the vampire's chest, going through bone and piercing the heart. One vampire down three to go. The rest held back a little, even more curious as to who this man was now. <laughs> They're just like, oh, like cats. Mm. You know? oh, what's this? What's going on? Interesting. <laughs> he killed Greg. <laughs> MC was just a few yards away from the vampires now. They didn't take a step backwards, but they did not journey forwards either. 
just say they didn't move. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier. You can save so much time. It, it implies their mental state, though. They're not retreating, but they're not ready to advance either. Oh, you're still so good at defending this. <laughs> That's not a good quality. That was not a compliment. <laughs> to take another one out, MC threw the stake as hard as he could, muscling up strength and power only a ninja of the Ku Claw could. The vampire, like his friend before him, turned to a cloud of dust and was gone. The remaining two vampires struck as one. MC parried both their attacks, but then allowed himself to be caught with a sucker punch that knocked him backwards and to the floor. As one of the last two vampires leapt forward, intending to pin MC down, the ninja turned on his back, pushing the stake he had allowed himself to get knocked down beside, up, and reducing the numbers of the vampires in the building to one. Well done, you got there. It's written like some terrible freestyle rap. You know, if you put a beat over this and I just said it really quickly, it might work. The last vampire wasn't about to take any chances with his immortal life. His undead immortal life. (laughs) He turned on his back foot and began to sprint away. MC chased after him like lightning. No, lighting. Oh, sorry. (laughs) MC chased after him like lighting. Like when a lamp chases you. There's a light bulb scurrying along trying to get you. So when the Pixar lamp goes bad. (laughs) MC chased after him like lighting, moving quicker than he had in months. He caught the vampire easily, tackled him to the ground which was covered in broken glass and dirt. The vampire tried to plead for his undead existence. MC wasn't in the mood for dishing out mercy today. Like all the other days when he's in such a good mood. (laughs) He tells vampires, just pats him on the cheek, he's like, go on, off you go. do it again. He dropped the stake once the last vampire was removed from this world and tried to catch his breath. The urgency at which he had dispatched the blood-sucking fiends and the journey across London had taken a lot out of him. Is that just kind of pent-up energy then? Because I feel like he should be able to dispatch these vampires pretty easily. He's just kind of amped up a bit. Yeah, I think Mm. so. The adrenaline was pumping and yet he didn't feel any exhilaration. MC put it down to the fact he had been killing things professionally for years now. But in reality, enjoying the kill was what made the ninjas normal in a strange sort of way. What? (laughs) Ah, we all enjoy killing people, don't we? Ninjas, undead, alive. I wonder if this is kind of a hint towards... Because obviously, Chip and MC, as ninjas of the Ku Klaw, have perpetrated a lot of violence and seen a lot of horrible things. Mm, mm. So I kind of... If that's kind of way of saying that with this kind of life comes that kind of you kind of get used to the killing and then it becomes like a certain enjoyment in either ridding the world of evil or the act of violence itself yeah i guess i guess but he's he's saying here he doesn't enjoy it at all no it says in reality enjoying the kill was what made the ninjas normal yeah, but it said the adrenaline was pumping and yet he didn't feel any exhilaration. Yeah, he's not feeling it here, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is why it's a weird right. feeling. Yeah, like, sure. normally he might it's like, be... normally I have a boner about now. <laughs> weird. MC put it down to the fact he had been killing things professionally for years now. But in reality, enjoying the kill was what made the ninjas normal in a strange sort of way. Heartless, dead inside killers would dispatch their enemies without a thought or hesitation. Remembering the days when he felt good about making the world a little bit safer, MC felt a little old and worn. Where had all that gone? Had he got so lost within himself and his grief that he couldn't feel human anymore? Those were questions for another day. Or never, if you're <laughs> oh, MC. Good. 
He hurried back in the direction of the B&B, blissfully unaware that high above in the ruins of what used to be a busy factory was one last vampire. This vampire had been feeding on one of the higher floors when MC had attacked, and had watched it all from his vantage point. Angry that his friends were dead, the vampire stalked MC, the thirst for revenge drowning him from the inside. He would take this stranger out, and anyone he cared about. Ha ha, MC doesn't care about anyone. <laughs> Trick! Chokes on you, idiot, one vampire who's just, you've just seen him kill four of them, but whatever, you'll be the one to take him out, don't worry about it. I guess maybe this vampire's a little bit smarter, because he didn't yeah. attack MC when he just saw him easily you know, yeah, take yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. his friends, so I guess we're doing a vampire episode. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Well, we had the vampires attack Louise and Gav in sure, B&B. but they weren't the... Were they the villains of the week? No, because we also had zombies. Yeah. And we had the December form. We had the yeah, demon yeah, yeah. dog guard dog, demon dog guard dog that MC yeah. fought as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, kind of, again, old school mm. tomorrow, I mm-hmm. Um And yeah, we kind of summed up MC's feelings a bit there, where he's, he says you know, he's feeling a bit a little old and worn mm. and just kind of beaten down, I guess. Mm. The sweat was dripping from MC when he arrived home. The reception area of the bed and breakfast was empty, so we headed upstairs to the fifth floor. Inside the meeting room, Jay, Louise, Gav and Terry all sat around the table with the amulet in the middle. Hey Terry. MC said, quickly taking his seat. That was quick! Louise remarked. MC just shrugged and turned his attentions to Terry. So, we know what we're doing? The armour fern, protector of the good and brave, Terry said as if reading from a textbook. I had to do a little brushing up on the subject, but I think it all is in order. So, he just... Do you remember how, back in Chip, mm. they were just in the occult bookshop and they just happened to stumble across this mention <laughs> of this protective amulet that just happened to be in an antique shop in New York, which Chip's mortal enemy for this season just happened to have. And now they've taken it back to London and Terry just happened to find it in another textbook somewhere. Even though this thing was hidden for thousands of years to protect the guy that made it. MC had to go visit a choke-wanking demon... <laughs> <laughs> in order to find it, who is in another dimension. Oh, yeah, the history of this is... Uh, mm. Mm. Oh, for fuck's sake. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do okay. your job here. Okay, okay. Okay. Maybe, once they knew it was called the Armour of Fern, it was easy to find a reference That's to that. That's true. As That's opposed true. to, like, how can we protect an angel baby? That's very true. Good point, good point. Well done. <laughs> oh, I think we got away with that. Mm. <laughs> Hopefully no one noticed. <laughs> how does it work then? Gav asked. Well, I've pretty simple, really. You should uh, uh, shape it to whoever is to receive it, put it on them, and that's it. It'll take care of itself. Let me get this straight, MC said. All we have to do is clip it onto Amy, and that's it? She'll be protected by its magic? Got it in one. Are we going to use it then, MC? Jay wanted to know. I'll go get her. MC's response wasn't an answer, but his friends weren't going to get one at this time. The ninja walked down the corridor and down the stairs to the second floor, where Amy was having a nap in her cot. Is it, when you're a new parent, mm. is it a good idea to leave a newborn baby or like... What, I mean, they're uh, not newborn. I think you're, a, you're it's just, what, a few months old or something? Nine months or something like that, maybe? <sighs> you can't fucking be with them 24 hours. I mean, this but is me three, speaking. Three floors away. They're ninja hearing. <laughs> but MC wasn't there. Ninja hearing. MC wasn't there. From the other side of London. <laughs> But then how's he going to tell Louise to go and help Amy? He'll be, he'll hear uh, Amy being hurt or eaten by vampires and he'll be like, eh. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Okay, good. Okay, great. This is why we're not parents. <laughs> we rely on our ninja hearing too much. 
the ninja walked down the corridor and down the stairs to the second floor where Amy was having a nap in her cot. MC picked her up slowly and looked at his daughter for a while, remaining silent. She opened her eyes softly. <laughs> Can you open your eyes softly? <laughs> <laughs> I guess like slowly. Can you open your eyes hard? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so awake. <laughs> she opened her eyes softly and looked up at her dad. Most babies would cry at being disturbed from their nap. Amy just merely stared back. MC shook his head to awaken himself from his almost daydream-like state and proceeded back towards the fifth floor. It's not a look of love he's giving his daughter. It's not. Nope. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you picked <laughs> up on thought. that. He seems a bit detached from her. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. Subtle little hints throughout the season. The vampire had tracked the stranger across London and to this bed and breakfast. He had moved fast, and the vampire had a difficult time in keeping up with the man. There wasn't much point trying to break into the place and kill him now. He would have to be invited in first, and there was something else about this place that the vampire just couldn't put his finger on. Whatever it was, it was mystic. He decided to wait until someone came out of the building. There were still hours to go until sunlight. He would have his chance. And that's where we're going to end A Friend in Need, dot dot dot, part one. Well, what do we think of that episode then, MC? Not much happens. <laughs> no, it's it's a setup part again. Part one, part yeah, one, yeah. yeah. It, it almost feels like the vampire villain of the week. Mm. It's just there so we have something. Yeah. You know, it's all about putting the amulet on Amy and kind of teasing that and what's going to happen. And I guess you need the setup. Like, I mean, you need Terry to have a look and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, talk to his wizard okay. friend. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the vampire is just there for the sake of something to happen. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess, you know, in this kind of episodic TV, which I was kind of basing mm. this around, mm. it does kind of happen. You know, you have villains like that who just are there and gone. And Yeah, I wonder if maybe it will have something to do with the interfere with the amulet in some way, like delay it being put on. or Because we don't know what the curse will do. No. That's the thing. No, we don't. Because I guess that's the intrigue of it as well, is that what's going to happen when mm. they put it on? I did worry we were going to sort of delay it and MC was like, oh, we should do some more research and we just wouldn't get to that. Yeah. So hopefully next week we'll find out. Mm. Or, sorry, later this week is where we realised we've just yeah. changed the schedule. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to figure it out mm. uh, sooner rather than later. And mm. then, I don't know, this vampire will attack Louise. Which, but the curse, like, which aspect of Buffy are you going to rip off? <laughs> Oh, I don't know actually. That'll be in. I don't know. The cursed items. There's probably I'm, lots I'm of cursed lean, items and stuff. I'm leaning towards. I don't think it was a curse, but the um, disappearing and coming back moments later or weeks later, all grown up. Like, uh, fuck face. It'll be like a portal device or something like yeah, that. Like, you'll get like sucked into somewhere. Angel's Kid was. Oh, Connor. Connor. Yeah, yeah, so we, we might rip off that. Yeah. Yay! We'll rip off one of your favourite characters from the TV <laughs> series Angel. <laughs> and then Gav will turn into Riley. <laughs> Just be all the shit characters. <laughs> That's the only two. Everyone else is great. I love them. <laughs> well, if you've got any theories as to what this curse is going to be, did you know there's numerous ways in which you can get in touch? You can find us at our abandoned factory with no doors or windows. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash podcast. And we're also on Twitter at howiriptoff. And you can find our entire back catalogue on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes and YouTube. And uh, we would greatly appreciate, as always, a rating and a review. Um, we put a lot of time and effort into this. Well, Chip does. I just show up and record. Uh, so for the sake of Chip, leave a review. Yeah, yeah, that would be really nice. And yeah. it really does help us. Like, I think that's the thing. Is like We say it every week and then we make a little joke about things mm. and stuff. But do. 
yeah, because the more kind of ratings and reviews we get, it helps us in, get us seen higher in the charts, so more does, people can does. come and find the podcast. We just want to be internet celebrities. <laughs> so we want. We don't want real jobs. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, really, legit though. <laughs> and word of mouth is super important as it well. Is, so like, is. if you're able to just just tell one friend, just be like, hey man, you like podcasts, you should check out this show, or just do a share on your social media. Just yeah. Give us a tag as well, and we'll come do that little emoji. We understand the, the shame heart. you might feel over admitting <laughs> to enjoying this. But, you know, it, it'll be character building. <laughs> yeah, just think of it as a kink or something, yeah. you know? 